0: your Bible with me if you would this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians, yes ma'am. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to minister on something you go, why would he talk about that again? This is number, this is number 6. Why would he talk about that God is very much in love with me? Well, because of amazing things. Amazing transformations are, are, are accompanying the truth when you have revelation of how much God loves me. It's not just an ascent. And in all of our lives right now this morning, here at River Church and on broadcast, there's no doubt you would, you would nod your head and say, yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. But you don't have it if it doesn't play out in your life in a supernatural way. It's a supernatural truth, and if it's not playing out supernaturally, then it's just in your head. And the head is the no-go zone. Nothing really happens just in your head. If anything, it's failure, it's, it's a delay, it's, it's not good. But when you have this truth down inside, and it becomes integrated with who you are, you can't lose with that sort of stuff. Uh, when you know God loves you, then sin can't touch you. Failure is not a part of your life or your vocabulary. And every day is an adventure. God loves me. Well, what would he do? Well, that's what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. So uh, we'd ask the question this morning, how, how much or how does God love me? And I think about people that fall in love. We all have. And you, you just can't get enough of her or him and so finally you say let's tie the knot let's tie this thing up and and go off together and and you just live a wonderful life but in so many cases not ours but in the world for sure that love fades or changes or evolves in some way and suddenly people are talking about the d word Uh, i remember when we moved to Alabama we stopped off in Trustville and loaded all of our stuff out of our u-haul into a Into a storage thing and a guy was next to us and he He just saw me. He said "Uh, going through the big D brother. I Said yeah, that was that was yesterday. We went through Dallas (laughs) Yeah so what happens to something that's so wonderful and marvelous and something that'll never change People quit. They quit loving and they quit being affectionate and they quit being caring. And, and so that transposes over into how we trust God to love us. We would say, how does my sweetheart relationship with the Lord Jesus, I'm just so in love with him. Can't get enough of him. I'm devouring the word. I can't wait to be with his people and talk about how much he's done. How does that evolve to something about we don't really know if God loves us? If God loved me so much, why did he allow this to happen to me is the question that the carnal man asks. It's not what we ask because we know there's a devil. We know there's the curse. We know there's seed time and harvest. So we understand why bad things happen. It's not God not loving us. But the world has that. And so we would have to say, what is the security deposit on God's love for me? When you get married, you stand in front of each other, in front of witnesses, and you declare, you make a security deposit. I love you, and I never will quit, and I'll be, I'll be everything that you need me to be and more. And that happens both ways, and you affirm that, and, and uh, you kiss her longer than you should have in front of all those people, and... And and you go off and build a life. First Corinthians chapter six gives us that security deposit. It says, uh, let's read it together. I'm in the King James. Do the best you can. Verse 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Were you all there? Let's say it again. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Wow. That's quite a security deposit. Now, a lot of people don't even know that when you join yourself to a spouse, a mate, a husband or a wife, the two of you shall become one flesh. But here, the precedent or the basis for that is that we become one spirit with the Lord. It's not that he just loves us and so he could quit loving us. I mean, if you started loving somebody, you could quit loving somebody. But he said, it's not that way. It's not external. It's not just a commitment. It doesn't have a follow through. I'm going to meld or join or get mixed in with you where you can't tell us apart. Like scrambling eggs, so to be. In today's English version, it says, he who joins himself to the Lord becomes spiritually one with him. And we could go a long ways on this thinking about what happens when you just confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead for with the heart man believeth unto salvation and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation and so you go that's so easy you you need to go through a blood ritual where you cut yourself and like they do in the, old, in the Old West and put your hands together and you're my brother and you know, all those things. But with the Lord, everything is done with words out of a believing heart and he counts it as done. He counts it as the mountain that moved and was cast into the sea. It's amazing. The new birth is so amazing. It's the most powerful thing that ever happened to us and yet it's the most could be one of the least respected and the least understood things. And yet it affects everything. If we only knew what happened in the new birth, if we only knew the transaction that heaven wrote down and put us in the, or affirmed again that we're in the Lamb's book of life. Turn with me to 1 John chapter four. He who joins himself to the Lord becomes spiritually one with him. 1 John chapter four, please. God is very much in love with me. God is very much in love, not just not just loves me like a transaction, but he's in love. He has become spiritually one with me. His love is not just something that he promised. He put the security deposit down up front and said, I'll never take it back. Verse six. uh, Excuse me. Verse. uh, Yeah. Sixteen says, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. Let's say it. God, God is love. What is love? Love is God. So we could say, John three sixteen. for love so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Wow. That's what love would do. And if love would do that, how much more with him will he freely give us all things? You think about healing, for instance. If you knew, if you just knew that God loved you and he could heal you. Remember that scripture where the man asked Jesus to deliver his son and he, he said, if you could, or if you would, excuse me, if you would, And Jesus said, of course I can. Of course I will. Well, then you know, if God loves me as much as he would melt himself and mix himself and be indiscernible to me, he loved me so much, you would never wonder if healing is in your future. If you knew he could, he could, like you, if you could save your child, if you could rescue your spouse, It'd never be a question of would you. After the ability is determined, you'd say, well, if I can, I surely will. Healing's never going to be a question again. Financially, if God can deliver me out of this financial thing, would he? Well, God's in love with me very much. And so it just it just erases every argument. People that struggle with those two things or anything. They don't know God loves them. They think it's kind of a brother relationship or a, 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 a legal relationship or a, I signed up for heaven, can you deliver? And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Wow. That's as powerful as John three sixteen. That's as powerful as, as if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. If God loves you, if God the Father loves you like he loves Jesus, oh my. We cannot imagine any schism or division between the Father and the Son. The Today's English on this says God is love and whoever lives in love Lives in union with God, in union with God. So we go back to that first uh, to that first Corinthians six where he says we are one spirit. He says he lives in union with God. So there's a witness and God lives in union with him. So you never go anywhere without him and his thoughts, feelings and intentions are always on you. So if trouble comes. And it does. If the devil comes, and he does. If harvest from poor seed comes, and it does. There's no fear. Because God loves me. God's in love with me. And he's in union with me. He's not over there. Or, you know, really, we're not supposed to be looking up when we pray. We do, but he's here, he's in and christians generally do not seem to have a great appreciation for the truth that we're in union he's in union with us that that he's not over there hey hey i need you no he's he's here he's in union with me if we knew that if we believe that if we live that our whole relationship with heaven would be as changed as if when we got born again i was a sinner I got born again, everything changed. Well, I was born again, and I found out that I was in union with him, and he was in union with me. God loves me like nobody else. Wow. You hate to throw anybody else under the bus, but sorry. (laughs) He loves me more than anybody. You kind of have to have that I'm his favorite attitude uh, to do that. Uh, Today's English says God is love, and whoever lives and loves lives in union with God, and God lives in union with him. Wow. That could change you right there. Turn with me to Romans chapter five, please. Let's just let's just let the truth of the word. Change our mind. We're here this morning to change our mind. We're not just sitting here affirming only what you know. We're going to exhort one another to love and good works. Chapter five of Romans. He's in a discourse here and he's talking about being justified by faith. But in verse five, he says, hope maketh not a shame. Why does hope maketh not a shame? Why is there no shame in our hope? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The, The New Living says we know how Dearly, God loves us. Why? Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Wow. God moved in. Never leaves us or forsakes us. How does he do that? He moved in. The Passion says we can now experience the endless love of God cascading. That's a word you don't get in the King Jimmy, isn't it? Cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit Who lives in us, who lives in me. Say it with me. Who lives in me. We've got to get a location. We've got to get our GPS up. We've got to get a, a, a where is he? Calling God. God, please come. No, he did. The message says we've never, this is fun. We've never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. So it's better than we thought. That's the key. It's better than you thought. And so when you get to it's better than I thought, it's still better than you think. You never get to the end of God's love. And that's why love never fails. If we know that we are in union with the one who never fails... We can't fail. You cannot fail. You cannot fail. Sin is a non-factor in your life. Jesus thinks, and I agree with him, that he solved the sin problem. And we cannot fail. Galatians chapter 5. Just to to affirm to all of us that this is all over the word. This isn't one scripture that's kind of got a special translation that we make it say what we wanted to Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 For brethren ye have been called unto liberty only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh but by love serve one another wow that's a load right there for all the law is fulfilled in one word even this Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, we want to remind ourselves there are no Ten Commandments for the New Testament believer. There's just two commandments. Love God with all your might and love your neighbor how much? As yourself. So how are you going to love yourself enough to love your neighbor? Well, you can only do that how? By letting God love you. You can't love yourself until you've been released by God to love you unconditionally. In uh, it says in Matthew chapter five. Let's look at it in the Gospels, where even back then He said that. Matthew chapter five, the Lord Jesus said in verse thirteen. Oh, thank you. Chapter twenty-two. I didn't change it. I didn't change it. Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> All right, we'll fix that on the tape, hallelujah. Nah, there it is, verse 35 of chapter 22. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself thank you sir appreciate that so there are no ten commandments for us there's no thou shalt nots because if you know God loves you you already have the thou shalt nots already in you we're, we're, we're not tempted we're not saying now how does that read is there a way around that uh, no God loves me I want to serve him I want to please him and so I'm not going to commit adultery or covet my neighbor's stuff or steal or murder and all of those things Uh so loving your neighbor. Well, first of all, loving yourself requires that we acknowledge the love of God at the new birth, that that when we got born again, it happened. Did you see it come down like a download into your computer? Files are loading. Files are loading. Nope, you didn't see it. Didn't feel it. It was not a buzzy thing. But by faith. The love of God was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who is given to us. So the full impartation, the whole file, as it was, was downloaded into us. It's inside me. It's inside us in full strength. He's not working on me. God, you know, God's not finished. He's still working on me. No, he's not. The whole download came at the new birth. There's nothing left to be done. Except to find out what was done. That's what we're doing. We're finding out what was done. So loving yourself requires that you acknowledge that God loves me very much. He's in love and it happened. It's not happening. Happening would be performance. Happening when I do better, God'll love me more. At a boy. At a boy, Michael. You did good. I I'm real proud of you. I love you more now than I did before you did that. It just didn't happen. I want to please him, so therefore I don't I don't try to please him to get his love. I please him because I know he already loves me. Uh, And when you forgive yourself, the hardest things Christians do, carnal Christians, it's hard, hard. We're always working on letting God forgive me. And we'll say, we'll say all the right words. Yes, yes, I'm I repented, I'm forgiven but it comes up, it comes up in conversations. It comes up in a lack of boldness. We, we're reticent, we hesitate, we, we draw back and say, I just messed up the other day and therefore I'm not really confident that he's gonna go with me on this. I think I'll wait a few days and see if I can work out a few things and tell him I'm really, really still sorry and I won't do it again and I'm really, really still sorry. And it's, then we haven't been forgiven in our heart by faith. So we can love our neighbor only as ourselves when we let ourselves be loved as much as God loves us. He loves me as much as he loves Jesus. The Lord Jesus said that. As he has loved me, so I love you. Oh Lord, you must have had the scanner off for a day or seven 'Cause I've, I've pulled some bonehead plays. I've, I've zipped it and unzipped it, and I'm real sorry, but I, you know, there's an adjustment here. You got to say you the love level like your credit score. The love level went down when you didn't pay that bill. The credit score got dinged, and it's like, okay, got to work on that. It's not that way, is it? So this is a faith work. We have to. We have to go to him, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, we go to him with a confidence, it has happened, it is happening, and it will happen. My sin is, is a non-issue to God. Now, it is an issue to me. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I mean, we talk about this all the time. I know, I know you're hearing it again. But it's not that forgive us of our sins. It's not like, well, God says, well, it's a good thing. I've been sitting on this thing for a week or six and uh, you finally come in here. And so finally I can scratch it off and erase your sin against you. It's not that way at all. Our sin is forgiven. Past, present, and future. But it's in our head. It's in our soul and it condemns us. So when we confess it, We transact in our own way, in our own human way, in our soulish way, we transact sin. Lord, I I acknowledge that what I did was sin. It was missing the mark. It was against you. It was against the calling. It was against my my marriage, whatever it was. And I repent of it. I agree with you. I come into union with you like you have already come into union with me. And I call it done. Done. I call it forgiven, so it's done in us. I, we transacted, but it never was a thing about salvation. It never was a thing that down in your, your spirit you had sin because we're sealed. We're sealed by the Holy Ghost. Adam wasn't sealed. You got you get sealed when you get born again, and Adam he was he was sinless, but he wasn't sealed. So the devil could get to him. But we're sealed. So sin, what does Romans say? Sin shall not have dominion over you. Has no place. You go, well, what if I pull a real dinger and, uh, and I just, just carry that around? Well, it'll condemn you and it'll keep you from using your faith and, and come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in time of need. It'll keep you that on your end. But it didn't change heaven. Sin doesn't change heaven. Jesus went to the cross to fix the sin issue, and he fixed it. So we have to get it fixed inside of us. Uh, So uh, let's see where I am. 22, verse 39. The second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. When Jesus was telling these people in Matthew, do you all realize that these people that he was speaking this to could not do what he said. They weren't born again, were they? So he was speaking prophetically to us and telling them of a day that was yet to come for them, but that it has come for us. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart. Therefore, I can love me like God loves Jesus. Father loves Jesus. Therefore, with that same love that I've received, I can love my neighbor. I don't have to like it. Don't have to say, let's do it again just for fun. uh, But I can forgive. Don't you get a little miffed at people that can't forgive? They just, you you see the damage. Somebody uh, lost a child or a husband or something in, in a murder. And they go to trial and they're looking at that man that did it. And they're just filled with hate, filled with great anger. And they just can't let it go. And they will say, I'll never let it go. Well, you just know they're either not born again or they don't know what happened at the new birth because it's in there. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, So we'd have to say, this would be a broad statement, that as much as anything that affects your life, The number one factor, the number one impediment to living a successful life in God would be knowing that God loved you unconditionally. You can hardly do anything if you think you're condemned. Because the world's condemned and they can't do anything. Well, here we are born again, filled with the love of God, but we can't do anything because there's always a fresh sin to set us back. As soon as you finally outlast one in two or three or four weeks, we think God thinks like we do. So we we forget our sin or we think it's not so bad. Now it fades. Then here comes another one. And we never get off track. We got to get off track, don't we? We got to get on this thing. Um, In Romans chapter eight. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So would you assume that you can if he said you should? That it's in there. And so when we don't forgive our neighbor, we're living short of our capacity or our potential to not forgive. him. We choose. We choose because hating someone has a certain... Emotional payback—it's it, vengeance. It's it's uh, vindication. It's recompense. I have a right, and I'm going to exercise that right. And nobody's going to do anything about it. God's not going to smack me. And I I want to. I want to hate you for what you've done. You are callous and unfair. And doing what you did to me and it's wrong. I'm calling you out and it's going to cost you. Refusing to speak to somebody. If you've ever had that in a family. I was in a family one time that did that where they just didn't they just didn't speak to their husband like for a month at a time. Oh, yeah. She would say, daughter, tell your father that I'm going to the store. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it was crazy, but that's that's just punishment. You're just punishing someone trying to get released from your sin, trying to get released from what's already happened, which you have inside of you the ability to forgive, but you choose not to. In Romans chapter. Uh, oh, I, I, I wanted to tell you this. There was a church goer poll. I, th- I found this. They polled churchgoers. Do you go to church? Yes, I do. Well, let me ask you a question. And the question was, your preacher, he just, he just, he's scathing. He, he skins y'all and then puts you in the pot of oil, the boiling oil. Does that make you mad? Oh no, they said. We like to have him, uh, Condemn us and, and, and step on our toes and stuff because we know we deserve it. So we gladly take the guilt so it's over. In other words, once he condemns us for being weak or sinful or carnal, then it's like I've paid my dues and I'm clean. Do you all know that's how most people are? They like it. I've, I've had them say, I like it when you do that. So I do that. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, praise the Lord. Romans 8, verse 1. There, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christed, there's no condemnation. Verse two says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Let's say that part together has made me free. How free? As free as Jesus is. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. First uh, John 3, 21. Let me just read this one to you. If our heart condemn us not. then we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive of him. If our heart condemn us not. So our approach to God is completely and absolutely based on being condemned. Freedom comes when our heart quits wanting to sin. How can you get where your heart doesn't want to sin anymore? You know that Jesus loves me. This I know. You know I am loved of God. And no matter what I've done or not done, I'm free. That's big. It's the big truth of the gospel. It's the big truth of the kingdom of God. It's the, new tru- it's the big truth of the, of the new birth. I am forgiven no matter what. Wow. I want you to turn to uh, I've got this scripture in Revelation chapter two. I don't like I really don't like this scripture, but because it seems a little condemning. But let's just just let's just locate ourselves and know how good he is. Uh, Verse two in chapter two of Revelation, you'll be looking at red letters if you've got red ink in your Bible. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience. And now how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Good boy. We could say at a boy. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored and has not fainted, Had a boy. Nevertheless, with all this good, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. When we first fall in love with Jesus, isn't it glorious? I mean, it's, it's, it's better than girlfriend love. It's better than mama love. It's, it, everything we, we experience, we want to give it back to God. God, I'll, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. But, but then it, time goes on, and the the newness of that love, like all loves, is somewhat... Uh, well, we go through life, and we experience some things that are not pleasant. And so questions come up, and we, we begin to... Evolved maybe from being in love with God to being friends. Now, friends will just forgive you for whatever you do. They accept you for what you are and you become nice friends. That's a relationship that a lot of people in the church are right now. Friends are easygoing. Friends will accept you when you're lukewarm. Think about your friends. But you don't have to really, this is in marriage too, you don't really have to be hop tody. As we say at our house, you don't have to really be sharp. If you, if you do something that's uncaring or selfish, nobody's going to bug you. Nobody's going to get on you. We kind of get that way with God. We kind of are tempted, I should say, to be loose with our obedience, with our zeal, with our fervency. We all want to get hot for God. We all know... Well, that just means we're not as hot as we wish we were or when we were. So these, this friend relationship develops between us and the Lord. And we'll be we can do things or think things that we wouldn't used to think when we were holy and righteous and, and good before him. So then there's a place in Christians lives where you're not just accepted for what you do you know you've done something that you shouldn't do and you're friends and it's all okay. But if you ever want to sharpen up your relationship with God when you're a friend, then you tend to have to work for it. In other words, we're going to have to move a mountain next week. I need God to intervene for me. I need to be, get this loved one healed or I need money for the mortgage or whatever. We tend to sharpen up and we get into performance. We get into works. We get into doing Where we want to put on our best attitude like I got something coming up the Lord doesn't know about it He'll never notice that I'm trying to do real good. I think I'll go back to church. I think I'll read my Bible I think I'll be nice to my husband or something like that. And uh, So we begin to work for love rather than responding to his love Is that true? Yeah, that's true. I mean it could be doesn't mean that it is and then so then we see that's not working. We, we feel like we never do enough for the Lord to merit what we've got coming up or what we need or what we want. And so we quit responding to his love, which is, I'll do it. No matter what you've done, I'll do it. Nothing's changed. Nothing's different. It's all the same. And so then one day... Hopefully we come to ourselves. Wake up, Michael. You can't please God more. He's already pleased. You can't make him more in love with you. He's already all the way in love with you. And you, you come to the place, and that's what we're doing this morning. We're having a uh, come to Jesus moment where we let God love us on his terms, which is I love you no matter what. I love you for, with your past. I love you with your carnal plans and futures that you're thinking someday we're going to be able to do this and go do that and have this and have that. He said, I just love you. And we have a, what's called a rededication or a revival or a, a come to Jesus. And that's what the Lord wants us to be every day. Not because we're good, but because he's good and he loves us. One more scripture, and that's in Titus. Slip, go west just a little ways. Titus is. Uh, where is Titus? Y'all know where Titus is. Okay, tell somebody find it and tell us. Is it on the other side? Ah, there it is. Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus. I knew y'all were were already there. Yeah. Chapter 3. Let's finish up with this. Verse 3. Here's a come to Jesus moment. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. We could say amen. Disobedient. Deceived. Serving divers or various lusts and pleasures. Living in malice and envy. Oh, my. Hateful and hating one another. Doesn't mean you just hate one person or hate them all, but that you got it in there. But after that, the kindness and love of God, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward of God, our Savior toward man appeared. We had to come to not by works of righteousness, not by works of righteousness, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration, the new birth and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's where we're supposed to live. And you go, well, I I used to do that other stuff, but I don't do it anymore. Oh, come on. We all have shades and gradients of something that wasn't as good As as it should be. The New Living says, once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. We'll say, oh me, if we can't say amen. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. So he's saying there that uh, the same thing that got you saved is the same thing that'll maintain your salvation. That he loved you enough when you were all these things. Ah, what's a few things that you're doing now? He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, Because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Isn't Jesus wonderful? So we're not trying to get God to do anything. He already did it. He's doing it. He's maintaining it. All we need to do, if anything, is to be renewed that God loves me right now. I don't want to sin. I hate it when I sin, miss the mark, go backwards, become carnal, fleshly, very humanly. I hate it when I do that. I'm not doing, I'm not doing it more. Access is not permission just because we can sin and we're not condemned. Doesn't mean that we have permission to do it. It sets us back. Sin sets you back. Heaven, doesn't, heaven remits no penalty for our sin, but this world certainly does. It costs us when we sin. And so we hate that. But until we can get on the other side of it in our, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, we know we're good with God. Nothing is changed because we sin unless we're condemned. Condemnation will take you off the faith table. So to be in faith, we've got to be in faith. God loves me right now. Amen. It's the message of River Church. It's the message of the Word of God. This is the message. All the other ones are just particulars and uh, adjustments to how to live life once you know God loves me, God's in love with me right now. It's why I believe in Tuscaloosa County, as in everywhere. There's probably more people that are backslidden than there are people that are not born again, as many. They're backslidden. Why are they backslidden? Because they didn't think God loved them. I needed him. He didn't show up. I went through it. It devastated me, and I'll never trust him again because they don't know how God loved them. He did love them. He would have been willing to love them through that, but you had to trust him. Amen. Let's let's share the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts. Let's forgive other people. Let's just release them this morning. I don't know. We don't don't do this much, but let's just release them this morning. I release everyone in my life. I just release you in Jesus' name. I release what you did, what you didn't do, what you said, what you didn't say. How you should have come, you didn't how you came when you shouldn't have. I just release people in my life. I'm forgiven. I want to forgive you. So I say to you that have been on my hit list, whatever that is, and you may say, I don't have a hit list. Pastor, what are you doing saying you have one? Oh, it's in there. You got somebody that you, because just because we forgive doesn't mean we forget. So we forgive by faith this morning. We just say, I forgive you. And even though I may think of it later, I'm still forgiving you in Jesus' name. Be clean, be right, be restored. Amen. 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 It's a good day to be a Christian. It's a good day to go to heaven. I'm thinking this afternoon would be a good time. If he comes this afternoon and you show up next Sunday, we'll know something about you that that you didn't know we knew. Amen. Let's stand up. Let's sing a song.